0: Turns out you don't have to build your entire life to support your business. You can do it the other way around and not feel guilty about it. Here's how. You're listening to the Do the Brave Thing online business podcast, where you're going to hear dangerously actionable tips to make sure that you see big strides in your business and that you have the brain balls behind it to back it up. Because here's the truth. If you want results and you're not getting them, chances are you're not defaulting to doing the brave thing. And myself and my guest this week is going to make sure that we don't let that happen. So let's go get you some results. Hey, my Do The Right Thing Home Slices, Kate Doster here, and I'm super excited to bring to you the an interview that I had with Michelle Pomford, which I try to say it like she does because she's French, where we are going to be talking about actually building a business that can support your life and not having to do it the other way around. And look, I get it, I absolutely love business, and I like to breathe it and eat it and talk about it and think about it and all of the time. But that is a quick recipe to be able to burn out. And Michelle's mission is really to help NeuroSpicy people, caregivers, moms, and others that really do have time constraints build a business that can support their lives instead of taking it over. In this episode, you're going to hear Michelle's story about how she made the leap, and she said, though, she would recommend it from going to one-on-one client work into a one-to-many model by selling digital products and courses, what she is doing right now in 2023 to grow her business, her big scary moments that she has had to tackle, what to do when everyone is giving you advice that you know deep down in your soul you just cannot implement, and you're going to get permission to go ahead and create something new, but make sure that you actually finish it. This is a fantastic interview. I cannot wait to have Michelle back here on the show. She has an amazing podcast, Marketing Like a Mother, which I happen to be a guest on, which we're going to go ahead and link it down below here. And that's it for me. Let's go ahead and chat with Michelle. All right, everyone, like I had said in the intro, I'm so excited to have Michelle here on the podcast. We're going to be talking about something that I'm really passionate about, and I know Michelle is as well, and that is actually being able to really mold your business to your life instead of having to do it the other way around. Uh, Don't get us (laughs) wrong. We both have had periods in our lives where we have tried to do the other thing, and now that we're on the other side, we're like, maybe not. Um, and we'll also probably talk about some marketing strategies as well, because Michelle's just a wealth of knowledge. I'm like already said, I absolutely love her podcast that she has as well. And we'll put a link to that down below in the show notes. So before we go on and on about how awesome you are, Michelle, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, let us know your pronouns and who do you love helping?
1: Yeah. So hi, I'm Michelle Pontvert, Pontvert if you want to get French about it, but Pontvert is just fine. Um, and I a swim in the online business marketing world. I styled myself as a life first business strategist because I really needed to verbally like say that that's my stake in the ground. I want to help people build businesses that make sense for their life first. So everything I talk about, everything I teach about is trying to help you make space for you, space for your life, make your business run in a way that's going to sustain you, that's going to support you, let you show up as the human you are. Because I think that's ultimately the best thing for small business owners who are running businesses alongside families, alongside health, you know, challenges, mental health needs, just lives that are full of lots of things that need our attention. So I'm really passionate about supporting, you know, people with what I say, other stuff going on. So I love me some caregivers. I love near spicy people like myself and basically people juggling a lot of balls. Um, my business is full of things, just like my ideas. I have a mentorship program that's like my one-on-one container and then a whole ton of courses, trainings, templates, good stuff that I have popped up in a shop. And I just love creating things that are useful. I have a very practical mind and I've loved being be able to like create things that solve a problem and help people move forward. So that's kind of what I spend my days doing. Um, I also have a second business with my business bestie that happened hmm. by accident and has been just like the most fun, most enjoyable thing I've been doing. Um, and we help mums and NeuroSpicy people with, you know, chasing the shiny without burning out. <laughs> Oh, I would love to hear more about that. Go ahead and tell us. Yeah, so we have a podcast called Marketing Like a Mother. We talk to a lot of mums who are running businesses around lives, and we kept spotting this sort of trend, but a lot of us are also really multi-passionate. We've got big dreams and really tight schedules, and we loved the idea of pulling sort of those two things together and really helping get productive in the small amount of time we have. So we have a membership we run. It's called the Shiny Squirrel Chasers Club. And we chase the shiny squirrels. We go down the rabbit holes, but really productively to make sure the energy you're putting in is actually ending up with something useful and productive for you and your business as well. So we're all about balancing the like excitement and fun with like taking care of yourself, not burning out, <laughs> like making sure you've got space for all the other stuff in life too.
0: Now, don't get me wrong. I definitely want to hear about a time in your business that you did the brave thing. But I Mm. like all the listeners are like, talk about the shiny squirrels. So let's (laughs) talk about the shiny squirrels. What is one of either something that you've struggled with or you see time and time again in your community, one of those shiny squirrels that people have been coming up against? And what is some common advice that people get to handle that shiny Mm. squirrel? And what
1: is some advice that actually usually works? Yeah. So I think the big things we see pop up over and over again is people getting really inspired about creating something new, whether that's a new offer, that's a new product, that's a new marketing strategy. Like we're a lot of makers here as business owners, we like to do. And what I see the advice usually coming in with is like you pick one signature program and you stick to that and you market it all through the year with the same marketing strategy and that's very hard for people who have lots of ideas, who are multi passionate, who are neurodivergent, who are creative to stick to. And I see myself and lots of our people in our community really struggling with balancing that, like, seemingly wise advice of like, do one thing really well with the human lived experience of having all those ideas, of being pulled to explore all these things. And either really shoving themselves in the box of trying to do the one thing and kind of hating it and building a business they hate, or swinging completely the other way and running around like a headless chicken, not knowing what to focus on. So we kind of find things in both spaces and our framework, our kind of process is really like helping you put on your strategy hat, get sensible. And like really evaluate what's going to work, what makes sense, is it going to fit with your business, is it going to fit with your life, how are you going to pull this off, how are you going to rein it in when you get bored and distracted, (laughs) to make sure you're actually, you know, seeing the thing through enough to decide if you want to keep going, but giving you permission, giving you space to actually chase the shiny, because the shiny is often really inspired and interesting and where I think the magic can happen, so we're all about like helping you chase those bucks, those inspirations.
0: And I think one of probably the most important things and probably something that people get from that community a lot is actually finishing mm-hmm. your a shiny squirrel statue rather than just having like a half recorded course or a <laughs> Google doc that's like sort of half done. So it's actually seeing mm-hmm. it through to completion and like you knowing is this like another like hyper fixation that just came along or like you said, yeah. can it fit into the business puzzle? And is that why you decided to add sort of a shop layer to your mm. strategy or have you always had the shop sort of hybrid shop high ticket?
1: Yeah. So I kind of created the shop backwards. Like I just kept having these things I really wanted to put out into the world and building them. And I grew a fairly lovely little collection and it was becoming cumbersome to have such a large collection of smaller low ticket things. And, you know, it's been a very recent shift, but I'm so excited to create a more enjoyable experience for people to you know, gather these resources, find what they need. Um, I can lean into some gamification, which is really fun to like get people kind of excited about finding those practical tactical tools that their businesses need. Um, but for me, it's also been a way of getting out of my own way in creating um, this is sort of part of my own journey of building a business I love is I am a maker. I love doing. I love being in the middle of a project. And with such a long, complex setup to actually publish a new product, especially when they're low ticket, it just stopped making tons of sense to invest, you know, hours, days of my time, putting together a whole funnel, a whole sales page, a whole back end setup when I'm really trying to sell like a nine euro, a ten dollar product. It doesn't add up. So I'm removing some of that resistance for myself as well to to be creative, to put things out there in a, a faster way.
0: Oh, I like that. So would you mind, mm-hmm. I know that you had sort of touched upon it a little bit, like you said, about creating yeah. like a big sales page and a big funnel anytime that you wanted mm. to do something small. So what have you been doing instead? Like how do you mm. run the shop?
1: Yeah. So uh, I built my shop out on Shopify and I still have product listings. I've got lots of like graphics. I'm building out some videos for the product listings too, which I'm really excited about. Um, And really optimizing those so that they're you know, pretty engaging and problem solving in and of themselves. But I have my ongoing marketing, I have lots of blog posts that post like link back to those product pages. Um, And a lot of the products are sort of complementary together. So there's a fairly good like bump offer and upsell system set up inside my Shopify as well so if someone's added one product to their cart they'll get suggestions for other things with a nice little discount and at the end once they've checked out they might get an offer for something else that's again complimentary for a discount so really working on that kind of buying experience to catch people with you know extra juicy little deals as they go (laughs) Oh, I love that. It's so fun. And of course, like I said,
0: we'll link it down below to your website and your shop in case people kind of want to see a little bit by learning and how you did this. So yeah, what for you, would you say either recently or when you were first starting out, would you say that you chose to do something brave? Basically when mm. were you sort of struggling in business and you're just like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know if it's going to work, but like, here, here's where we're going with this.
1: Yeah. So at my sort of, I think biggest brave moment, I feel like where I put my big girl pants on and had to do the hard thing was last year. My son is still little, he's autistic and has really high support needs. And we were going through just a really hard season of life. I had minimal childcare and I got myself into a burnout phase. And at the time I was doing one-on-one client work, um, which I'd enjoyed up to the point, but with a crazy schedule that I didn't control, that was you know constantly changing underneath me and my own ability to show up uh, for clients really kind of diminished. I hit basically a wall. Um, at one point I had a three or four client projects in a row, and I basically just couldn't do them. I couldn't bring myself to create something for someone else. I couldn't handle the deadlines, the client feedback. I just shut down, Um, and it was just too much for me. And I realized in that moment of burnout, the business I'd built wasn't built for me and wasn't built for the life I actually had. It was built for the life I maybe used to have had. And the life I maybe dreamt that I had, but the reality just wasn't adding up. So I previously had um, sort of long drawn out design projects. There were many different meetings to do, um, you know, client presentations and getting feedback, having a lot of feedback, which for neurodivergent people can sometimes be really tricky if you have some problems with rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria, Um, and having, you know, that sort of structured timeline which all sounds great and is like is a great business model, is the kind of thing that I learned that I think makes sense for that type of service but made no sense at all for the life I was living. (laughs) So I was trying desperately to shove myself in like that round peg in a square box and I hit this burnout wall and I basically said, you know, this isn't working. I don't want to give my business up entirely. So instead of doing the sensible petering off of client services and growing slowly your digital product sort of business and moving into one-to-many with time. I was like, that sounds great on paper. That's not going to happen for me. We're going to jump in both feet first. (laughs) And I just stopped. Like one day I stopped taking clients and it was really scary. But it was the change I needed to be able to take, you know, digital products seriously to really put my effort into growing my audience and that clean cut ended up being the best thing for me that instead of splitting my focus i was able to fully lean into this new direction and i think i probably wouldn't have gotten where i am if i'd sort of tried to do the petering out the general advice of like slowly wean off your clients grow your one to many in a really perverse way that would have killed my business <laughs> this was the the shift i needed And it was hard because all of the people I'd been talking to, all my mentors, all the people I'd seen who grew these successful businesses had not done it the way I was doing it. And it was hard to kind of go against that and really just listen to what my life and my body was telling me I had to do. Um, But yeah, it, it was a big shift. I'm not sure I would recommend doing it because it involved a lot of burnout to get there. But I'm so glad that I did the brave thing because I love the way my business is now. And I'm so happy with the shape it's deliberately been formed into to fit round the life I have.
0: I love that. So I have a very <laughs> similar story with a copywriter. I was like, I'm not going to do them anymore. <laughs> and I just like out because just like you, just like what you were saying. And I think that for all of those people, whether the, I like calling us neuro spicy, whether they're neuro spicy, mm-hmm. like the two of us or not right. I think that there are so many different ways to make money that you don't always have yeah. to necessarily pigeonhole yourself into that very high touch one-on-one sort of a thing. Again, I know we both start with services and it's one of those things. Yes. 1000%. I usually do say to start with services because you can mm-hmm. make more money and because you can learn about the qualms and stuff that you didn't quite realize that people <laughs> might have or the questions. Cause mm-hmm. you kind of get rid of that curse of knowledge, but there might be a point where it's like this This is awful. And so I don't want anyone to think, oh, I only have to do high ticket or only have to do low offers. Like do like, Mm -hmm. I know coaches that just like, I love the container of one-on-one. That's just like it for me. Like go ahead and just do that. Like it's perfectly okay. (laughs) Um, So I'm guessing that that transition was a bit of a bumpy one Um, for those clients where you couldn't bring yourself to do the work. Did you end up finishing Mm -hmm. with them or did you just cancel the contract? How did that work?
1: Yeah, so I was fortunate that it was very close to the end of one. And I basically bullied myself into finishing it. It was like the tail end of her contract. And I just finished it up. And the other two, I referred on to some colleagues and clients were really happy because I'd basically found them the replacement, had the replacements actually kind of honor the package that I'd put together. And it was pretty seamless. And I kind of stayed in the ear of those people had passed the projects on just in case they had questions. But it was it was less messy than I was worried it would be the morning I woke up and realized I couldn't keep going. I was so scared that I was going to, you know, make them mad. They were going to come and sue me and like be so angry when I had to stop. And everyone was so understanding. And having found other service providers who could, you know, take those projects over, like, I think it worked out so nicely. And those have been really nice connections since Um, I keep referring when I get inquiries for work, I'm not doing anymore. Um, And it's a lovely thing. So I think it was really liberating to realize, like, you can say no, and you can come back from an agreement that you'd come to and find a solution. And it doesn't have to be be all end all you know tear down in court like it can be a polite kind exchange and I think just leading with the humanity of like I'm not healthy right now I can't do this but I found you a solution you know everyone was super understanding and I think you went about it the absolute right
0: way of not just like ghosting people but like you said having that replacement (laughs) having the person honor it and even letting your original clients know like don't worry I'm going to be at the call of this other person in yeah. case if they have some questions. So you really did, even though, like you said, it was like a clean break. It wasn't just like, was like, oh screw you dudes, like I'm out, Like good luck getting this stuff done by yourself. I think that you really, you did muster up enoughness, enough Mm -hmm. spoons, if you will, to be able to do this in the right way. And like you said, everybody was really happy. The people you referred out to now had clients, clients still got the things that they were delivering on and go figure guys, you know, one of our core value here is honesty. Michelle led (laughs) with honesty. And oh my goodness, like it it worked. (gasps) Go figure. But again, it wasn't just like, I can't, I'm done. Mm-hmm. It was, I can't, I'm done. However, I've laid out this, this, and this. Here's this, and this. Yeah. Like, let me know. So, I absolutely love that you had done that. So, I know it we have talked so... about a lot so far and a lot of like really great and juicy things. And so, mm-hmm. how can people, if they want to, maybe do you find with your students that their business isn't just their business. It's also their hobby and they have no life outside of this besides maybe like taking care (laughs) of the kids. So like when you're trying to help them create a business that can support more space in their lives, that they just kind of stuff it with more like courses and business podcasts (laughs) and things of that nature. Like, do you find that that often
1: sort of happens? Oh yeah. I think that's the void of like uncertainty when you haven't really figured out what you want, where you're trying to go, like what is going to fill your cup. You look outside because you haven't figured it out on the inside. And I think that's the thing I kind of see as the biggest signal that you haven't found the right shape for your business is when you're constantly looking basically to validate it with someone else's shape of a business. And I think that's a really natural, like understandable situation to be in you don't know so you're looking for other people to tell you but I think as wonderful as courses are like I love courses that's definitely a way I learn really well without a purpose behind that learning it's sort of procrastination (laughs) and I think can be all not destructive but can be distracting from the work of actually figuring out what it is you want which is like a really hard thing it sounds super easy like what do you want that is a really hard question to answer (laughs) particularly if you have a brain like mine where like introspection isn't that easy I think it's Mm. really hard and sometimes you do need to kind of audition try on other things to see how they fit so I think if listeners. If you're like in that place where you're trying on a bunch of different business models by taking all these courses, like, yeah, it's, it's fine to learn that. But I think really taking the experience of putting yourself in the shoes of if you were running that business, would you like it? Like thinking through Mm -hmm. what does the day-to-day look like? What types of activities are you doing? How are you actually running this and see if that fits? Like, I think that's a really productive way to take those kinds of courses, get into that learning space, because it's learning the thing that's actually going to solve the business problem at heart, which is you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know what you're trying to build. So I think like there's a time and a place for it, but I think if you can take it from the place of auditioning those business models, Mm. auditioning that idea and trying it on for size, like going into the clothing store and trying it on, seeing how it fits. And that I think is a productive way to do that learning, procrastinating, taking all the courses versus just trying to, Plug the hole with someone else's strategies.
0: Yeah, I think that people confuse the work of courses. They think that like Mm. watching the videos or doing the worksheet is it. Like knowledge isn't power. It's action that's Mm power. So, and I know that everyone like sort of like hates that because again, it's safer. (laughs) Ironically, you are doing the brave thing by actually testing out the strategy Mm -hmm. that they're talking about actually launching say the membership course actually launching the spotify store actually going on the tiktok and doing the 30 day challenge that they told you to do which you didn't do you were just like (laughs) (laughs) rising and planning and waiting for all the circuses to align and all that sort of stuff so Mm -hmm. i really do i like that again like both of us i mean we sell digital products how i make the bulk of our income but literally in the first email for Trello Magic, I tell you, my goal with this course is to get you out of Trello as fast as possible. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like that's it. I'm like, it's just there yeah. to contain your brain. I need you to take action. And that's the mm-hmm. way this course is set up. That's the way these boards are set up. This is what we're going to do together because just sitting here listening to me explain the nuances of things is not going to help you implement anything. You have to do it. So yeah. I would love to know, speaking of how you implement, because I know that you help people out mm. with marketing strategies for their business, but my listeners mm. and I, were very nosy. Like what mm. marketing strategies, maybe like two or three, um, have you either been focusing on? I don't know if maybe you have like quarterly yeah. themes or how you do that. So like, how
1: are you getting
0: Michelle and your brand out to mm. the people in a way that sort of serves your life?
1: Yeah, I tried all the things like I threw all the spaghetti at all the walls and I really couldn't figure out what marketing was going to work for me and my brain and my life and I kind of stumbled upon a few things that have been working really well because I like doing them so at the moment I'm really big on participating in bundles and speaking at summits like those are my two big things partially because they come easy to me i think it's a fair exchange i like that there's a process like i'm a very process oriented person um i like that i can plan them ahead so if i'm participating in one of these events usually i can plan all my promotions ahead so if my life goes to chaos i'm not stuck holding like an obligation i've already planned ahead for it um so i've loved that i love the collaborations um we my for my joint business we actually hosted a bundle um obviously we have our podcast I love coming on podcasts when I can I went a little too hard on guest podcasting last year and kind of got a bit peopled out (laughs) it was a lot of talking to people um so I've been sort of being a bit more selective with that but I do really love coming and talking and sharing my story sharing my experience I I think finding the way you communicate finding the way you can comfortably show up is the key to figuring out marketing like honestly i think that's it cuz underlying it all mm. yes there's strategies yes there's complexity but it's basically just being seen and for some of us that's really uncomfortable and not something that comes that naturally and personally like social media is a a foreign language to me i learned french as an adult and social media is even harder than that so i kept struggling with this like I can't seem to do social, I can't figure it out, it's not coming naturally and I kept sort of feeling like I was the odd one out, like I couldn't make it work and I think it was just I was I was speaking the wrong language. I needed to find something where I could verbally process and I could go through a system and pre-schedule things and when I figured out the strategies that worked With my brain, with my processes, everything was so much easier. And I actually started enjoying it. And then it started working better because I was enjoying it. And people wanted to come and have me talk because I enjoyed it. And like, funnily enough, people want to be around you when you're having fun, when something's good and you feel that spark. It's interesting and exciting and people want that. So if you feel like you're forcing it, it's way less attractive to be around. So funnily enough, when you like it, it's going to work better.
0: No, I 1000% relate <laughs> to all of that. And I relate to that of like, you do kind of need to try some different things mm-hmm. on or that some things might work for a season. Like you had talked about, you yeah. had gone really a whole hog on getting interviewed on podcasts. And then you decided like, you know what I need to like pull back the reins. Well, I don't necessarily yeah. hate this. Like this isn't necessarily for me or, you know, same thing like social media, you know, it's just, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily the way that you want to do things. It's fine. And other people can do it. And I think that that is awesome. It's kind of like me with bundles, right? <laughs> I'm all about hosting host all the paid and free bundles you can, but you ask me to host another summit. <laughs> nope. Like <that> is <laughs> Kristen Miller's domain. Like I, I yep. still don't like we did two of them, her summit in a box. Like, I mean, I can't imagine how much work mm. I do without summit in a box. Everyone like, cause that is like, honestly, one of the best courses, most well laid out course I've ever taken in my entire life. It's just a crap <laughs> ton of work that you have to do on the back end yeah. of things. Nope. But I do think that, like you said, to try things or like, you know, I'll mm-hmm. never necessarily, you know, badmouth ads. That's just not an avenue that I did. I'll be honest for a while. It was yeah. like a pride thing. Like, oh, I want to build a million dollar business without <laughs> ads. And I did build a million dollar business without ads, but it's like, there's nothing wrong with them. Like, I think that sometimes mm-hmm. we can have judgment of like different marketing yeah. strategies and all that was like, no, like if I want to do ads, I can do ads. You have permission, like you said, to change your mind. To say Mm -hmm. no. And I think that people need to remind themselves like it's okay. I'm like, would I ever run my own ads? Absolutely not. Because that is not something that I'm interested (laughs) in necessarily Mm -hmm. learning how to do. And then it's like, is there a mindset issue? Oh, well, maybe my stuff's only good for warm traffic. Like, Okay, now this is just going to make me up my game a little bit more. So I love, like you said, that you are participating in other people's summits and other people's bundles because it allows you to plan ahead. It allows them, usually they'll create like the marketing messages and all that sort of stuff. So it's easy for you again, to be able to sort of schedule out things and constantly be getting yourself in front of new audiences without necessarily having to take on really huge projects that could potentially Mm -hmm. overwhelm you. Or like you said, um, we both have kids and sometimes kid, kid life happens and oh yeah, <laughs> I will say that for the most part, like with coaching clients, I have found at least, and even when I was doing client work, um, they're mm-hmm. usually pretty forgiving when it's just like my kid just had like an awful night, like here's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate canceling the coaching calls for my listies, but like sometimes like life just happens that way. Mm-hmm. But when like additional course business and additional product business, I was like, it doesn't matter that they did not sleep last mm-hmm. night. Or they have an appointment, or you know there's an issue at school, and you have to necessarily, yep. you know, go deal with them. Um, before we go ahead and wrap up, mm-hmm. and I ask you our final question, I have to know what is something mm. that you are doing in your business, or something that you've created right now that you are just unbelievably excited about. That thing that just has it, because we both again are neurospicy, That just has
1: your mm. hyper focus. You're just like, man, this thing is it. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really jazzed about my shop. I'm like so excited about building a more enjoyable place for people to buy and for me to make. Um, I will say I just created a course that I desperately needed and wanted like six, nine months ago. It's called 10 Things to Sell When You Can't People. And I feel like spicy people listening will definitely understand what I mean by that, that when your social battery is low, when you've got nothing left to give, there's still stuff you can sell and I wish that that had existed and I was so happy just like putting something out there that genuinely is the thing I wanted. Most of the stuff we make when we're an expert is stuff you probably wouldn't have necessarily bought yourself because you're the expert in that topic and this was one of the few things I put out that was like, gosh, this was for past me and that's really fun and really cool.
0: (laughs) No, I absolutely, I love that. So, For the listeners, what is one brave thing or just one action step that you would like them to implement today in the next half hour after listening to this episode to be able to see growth in their business, their mindset, their sales,
1: or their audience? Yeah, I think if something's feeling really hard, if you are putting it at the bottom of your to-do list because you don't want to do it, or it keeps falling to the bottom of the to-do list because you forget to do it because you don't want to do it. I would encourage you to really examine if it needs to get done. This is something that's taken me a long time to learn, but there's some tasks that just don't have to get done because they're not necessary, because we don't actually want to do them. Unless it's taxes, basically everything else you can get creative <laughs> and find another way to get the same result. So I feel like if there's something that you're doing in your business that you hate, that you're resisting, that you're finding draining, I really encourage you to like take that step back And think creatively of if there's another way to get the same result, to meet, like get the ends to meet, basically, because it never has to be that prescriptive, except for taxes. Taxes are the only one I can't help you with. I love that.
0: So where can people get more, Michelle, in their life? Let us know about your podcast, where they can hang out with you online, Mm -hmm. any free resources that you think will help our people.
1: Yeah, so it's really helpful because I'm the only Michelle Pontvert out there, the only one in the world, so really easy to find. My website is Michellepontvert.com. My shop is The Business Chic Shop. Um, I'm French, so I have to have a little chic in there. Um, and I have my... is very chic. My... <laughs> And my podcast is Marketing Like a Mother. I have an episode every week with my business bestie and awesome people we found around the internet who are moms running businesses alongside families. Um, And you can, yeah, hang out with me. Uh, If you head to my website, I have all my resources under the same big old tab with all my favorite stuff. It's just michellepontvert.com slash resources. I keep adding to it because I love making free things. So definitely head there first and check out some goodies.
0: I love that so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today, Michelle. And again, y'all, it's a, you're allowed to not think about your business 24-7. You're allowed to oh let gosh. it be a part of you and not all of you. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You can do other things. <laughs> Bye, Thank everybody. you so much
1: for having me. <laughs>
0: Well, look at that action taker. You made it all the way to the end. Kudos to you. So if you want to keep this do the brave thing momentum going, because let's be real, sure, listening to a 25 to 30 minute podcast can definitely get you amped, but what are you going to do the rest of the week? Make sure you're following me over on Instagram, Kate underscore Doster. There's a link in the bio. And if you absolutely love this episode, it would be fantastic if you could leave us a rating and review or share a screenshot and tag us on your Instagram stories. I'll see you next
1: week. Later days.